Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. It is August 13th, 2021. Man, this year's flying by. Um, We do not have George. Uh, His kids had some issues, and so he's not here. Uh, He could tell you guys the next time he's on, but uh, George isn't here. But we do have an awesome guest, uh, Jordan Wilson, who's in the house tonight. Hey, how's it going, man? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, usually we talk before the show, so like if I talk too much, that's why I'm like, hey, we got to jump in because <laughs> I'll jump. Well, me and George right. have a podcast before the podcast and podcast after the podcast. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so, Jordan, you, you've you been on TikTok uh, a long time, and um, and you, we'll get into your story, but um, if you don't know who he is, uh, is your TikTok back or is it not back? It, it, no, it's not back, and I'm not sure if it's going to come back. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been permanently banned, and I've been fighting it. You know, I've been given some emails of uh, some p- people who can potentially, you know, reinstate it, but I haven't heard anything back, so I don't know. Yeah, and you're on Instagram at Jordan Wilson, right? Are you yep. anywhere mm-hmm. else? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Okay, and Facebook. So, yeah, but he definitely has a lot of videos. You can you can even find you, and you can find all the haters too. But we'll jump into that later yeah. too. But <laughs> so, man, tell me about yourself. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? What what did that look like? Do you have a mom, dad? Yeah, how, yeah. How so, um, <clears throat> well, I'm 33. Uh, I'm from uh, Western Kentucky. You know, so basically the Bible Belt. Uh, yeah. Both my parents were Christian. I was raised in a good, healthy Christian household. Um, uh, I had an older brother. I have two brothers. Um, one is five years older than me, and one is roughly 20 years younger than me. <laughs> so, oh, <wow. laughs> um, yeah, but, um, you know, uh, my dad had us in sports, me and my older brother, and, um, you know, raised raised right. Like, I wasn't around drugs or or anything bad. It wasn't a bad neighborhood. Um, and so anyway, I, I grew up knowing the Lord. I remember <clears throat> I really started walking closely with the Lord. Like I really started experiencing who Jesus was, who Jesus is, um, as like a, a young teenager, you know? And, um, I even remember, uh, I was active in my youth group. I love church. I love Jesus. And I remember, <clears throat> Being a freshman in high school, I played on the baseball team, and uh, I would do the school thing all day, and then right after school, I would do um, baseball practice, and yeah. after baseball practice, uh, I would come home super tired, you know, but I still made made sure that every night that I went to my room, closed my door, and spent spend time with the Lord, and it was so real, Yeah, and I remember, however old you are, 15, 16, I, I just remember just being in love with the Lord. Um, but then, you know, uh, I kind of met my first real girlfriend, right? Yeah. And I started putting other things kind of in front of that relationship. And it was yeah. kind of like a slow fade, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't like I just stopped loving the Lord, but I started caring more about other things. Yeah. And, I mean, we all know that if, if God's not the center of your world, then you're wrong. 
right? Like he's yeah. got to be center of everything before everything. And so uh, he wasn't first place in my life. He wasn't the center of my world anymore. My relationship with my girlfriend was. Um, and before you know it, like I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped going to church so much. I stopped being active in youth group. Um, and that's when I started kind of lowering my standards on morality, you know, on drinking and smoking weed and smoking cigarettes and, uh, going to parties and cussing and fighting and just things that I wouldn't have done before. Um, and matter of fact, you know, my girlfriend, uh, let's see, we started dating when I was 16 and she was three years older than me. She was 19. She was a freshman in college. And, uh, you know, to an average kid, you would think that that would have boosted the self-esteem. Yeah. But for me, it did the opposite. Uh, and it made me like feel kind of insecure. Um, but not when I was walking closely with the Lord. You know, when yeah. I first met her, I was in love with Jesus. It didn't matter. I don't, I don't care. Um, but once I kind of started caring less about him, I started, you know, getting these insecurities. And so uh, instead of going to the Lord to combat those insecurities, I started lifting weights a lot. Like I became yeah. like just crazy about the gym. Um. And I, I talked about how my standards of morality started to drop. And so I started doing anabolic steroids and, um, you know, they, they did everything that they said they would do. You know, I got bigger, I got stronger, I got faster, I got tougher, but I also got mean, I got aggressive, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, with every, everybody, I was just, I was not the same guy. Yeah. Um, and then before you know it, man, like it, church is over for me, you know, like this is a few year process. Um, that girl and I dated for a few years and, you know, uh, she history, but, um, the one thing that remained was, you know, my party lifestyle and, uh, my lack of relationship with the Lord and my addiction to the gym and to steroids. And, and so I eventually really started dabbling in harder drugs, you know, um, kind of being a high school's over, you know, I'm doing my own thing, working at a local factory. Um, you know, I get in, you know, people at work and parties are introducing me to drugs and I like them. And they're kind of always around and I eventually get physically addicted to them. Yeah. I started doing pain pills every single day. Uh, it got to the point to where I would be sick, physically sick if I, if I didn't have pain pills to last me all day. Wow. Um, so, you know, it, that just led into a, just a whole new, new world, you know, like, started meeting other people who did other drugs. I got addicted to other, other drugs. I got addicted to crystal meth. I started dating a girl who shot up. We shot up together. I started shooting up. Uh, couldn't keep a job, so I started yeah. drug dealing. Um, you know, um, the person who was selling me steroids kind of brought me. He was a big-time drug dealer. Yeah. And so he, he brought me in on the business. Um, what, what did your parents he, think at this time? Did they know anything, or what was going you on You know. When you're in addiction, yeah, it's kind of like having body odor, right? Like everybody around you knows, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then later you're like, oh crap, you know, everybody knows. I think, okay, yeah. Um, uh, everybody knew, right? Um, but I, I, I was just at a point in my life where I just didn't care. I didn't care who knew. I was in my early twenties. I felt like I was really invincible. Yeah, I really did. I, I thought, you know, hey. I'm young, uh, tough, muscular, in physical shape. I don't care, you know. Yeah. And and my 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 family is they love the Lord, but they weren't like 
finger in your face, like change, change, change. They're just like, dude, we know what you're doing. And it's, you're screwing up, you're screwing up, you know? And, um, so they knew and, um, I couldn't hardly sit still. You know, if I was at a family gathering, I showed up for 10 minutes to say hi, to hug people, to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they were all kind of watching me kill myself from a distance and, you know, there, there wasn't a lot they could really do about it, you know, um, just love me, um, through it. But, um, yeah, man, like my world is just, so I went, it seemed like it it was a few year process, but it seemed like I went from just this good kid to a full-time drug addict, drug dealer. Yeah. Right. Um, because man, drugs are so demonic, dude. Like they will grip you by the throat and, and not let go. And uh, so anyway, I'm addicted to a number of drugs. I'm manufacturing drugs at my house. Um, and, and that's all my life is for quite some time. And, you know, um, back to my brother, right? My, my brother is someone, he's five years older than me. He kind of paved my way through high school. People knew me as Josh's brother. Yeah. Um, he kind of, you know, he just taught me things, you know, taught me kind of how to fight and pick up girls. So if there was anybody that I really wanted to think that I was a winner, yeah. it, it would have been him, you know. And um, my brother, he was in the party world a little bit, but he could always stop. He could stop drinking. He could stop using the drugs and go back to work and everything. And I never could. I could never stop. Yeah. And um, my brother went on and did great things. You know, he had a family and owned a home and was doing all this awesome stuff. And uh, one day he called me and said, look, dude, he goes, I know you've probably got drugs in your pocket right now. He said, dude, just throw them away, man. You are meant for greatness. You know, you, you can do anything. Yeah. And I, I told my brother, and I meant it. I said, listen, listen to me. I said, um, your brother's a loser, okay? And I'm always going to be. And that's it for me. That's, that's the cards that I've been dealt. That's it. I'm a loser. Just give up. Quit trying. And, uh, and that's that's crazy to think about because that was somebody I really wanted to think of me as a winner. Yeah. Um, but I thought that I was just going to die early. You know, um, it had been so long since I had walked with Christ that my identity, like I didn't have an identity anymore. It was once in him. And then I tried to sever that relationship, you know, now all of a sudden I don't, I don't know what to find me. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even know who I am. And I'd been doing drugs for so long that it was like, uh, what am I outside of drugs? Yeah. And so uh, drugs just had me by the throat, man. And, and one day, uh, nine police officers busted down my door and they busted me for, uh, for drugs, for trafficking drugs. Um, I got an attorney. Uh, I had to spend three months in county jail and then do a long-term uh, residential drug recovery program called Friends of Sinners in Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, you know, I guess I was optimistic at the time, you know, yeah. uh, like, Hey, I'm going to get clean. I, you know, this is my chance, but, uh, I did my time in jail, uh, and then made it four months into the friends of sinners program before I relapsed and yeah. on drugs and, and they kicked me out and I went back to jail. Uh, I got out of jail and, um, they let me back into their program. And I made it another couple of months and relapsed again. And the problem, the problem was that I wasn't ready to surrender to Christ. Yeah. I I wanted to not be a loser anymore. I wanted to not have to go back to jail. I wanted to stop using drugs, but I did not 
want to give Christ everything. Yep. And he's an all or nothing kind of God. <laughs> yep. scripture, scripture tells us that he's, you're either for me or you're against me, because if you're lukewarm, then I'm just going to spew you out of my mouth. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Bible tells us that. And I was lukewarm, you know, like I, I wasn't hot. I wasn't cold. I, I just didn't want to be a loser. So I filled that program three times. They let me in again. And uh, each time, like the first time I was like half in, half out, like, uh, I'll do what I have to do to get by until until I relapse. The next time I was like, okay, I'll try a little harder. So I was about 75% in. And that, then the third time that they let me in, yeah, I was like, I was like 95%. God, I'll give you the drugs, I'll give you the alcohol, but I'm not going to give you the relationships with the girls. I'm not going to stop, you know, doing steroids. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to give you my heart. And uh, and I say this all the time: ninety-five uh, percent faithful, even ninety-nine percent faithful, is completely unfaithful. Yeah, because if I so I'm married now. Right. Yeah. So if my wife said, Jordan, I'm going to be 99% faithful to you, we would have a serious problem. <laughs> yeah, okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not faithful. Right. Yeah. That's every hundred days you're going to cheat on me. It's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and so I failed, you know, and so that final time of failing at their program, uh, I just gave up. I stopped trying, you know, uh, I'm giving you the fast version of my testimony. Uh, I was oh, yeah, in and yeah. out of jail. We have plenty of time. Was, so if. <laughs> I was in and out of jail 10 different times, um, in and out of rehab seven times. Um, I even went to the loony bin, right? Like it, it was all just, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get clean. Yeah. Um, and so this final time I, I was like, forget it, dude. I, I can't get clean. All these other people can do it. I can't do it. I'm just going to do drugs till I die. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was all the way back into addic addiction, shooting up crystal meth. Um, running with people that were just dangerous, you know, and uh, I started losing more and more, more and more. Um, I didn't have anywhere to go, staying at this lady's house. Um, and uh, she had one rule. She said, I will allow you to stay here. Just don't bring drugs in my house. And I think that I had broken her one rule upon entering her house. But after a few months of staying there, she, she caught on and kicked me out. And I, I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, so I, I just started driving. Uh, I didn't really know where I was going, but I wound up at my mom's house in Madisonville, Kentucky. I knocked on the door. I said, listen, uh, I don't have anywhere to go. Um, you know, can I crash here so I can figure things out? My mom could tell, you know, that I was high on drugs. And she said, Jordan, she said, I'll let you stay here, but you have to agree to go to rehab again. And I thought, you know, that's just, that's a bad idea because Rehab doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, but I needed a place to stay. So I, I agreed. And here's where everything starts to shift. Um, I walked into her house. Um, and it was just this sweet presence, right? Like, it, I didn't feel the shame or condemnation or this disgust that I would normally have felt from tucking my tail between my legs and coming off a bender at my mom's house, right? Yeah. Um, I felt just this sweet presence, and I sat down on her couch, and she said, Jordan, I have been praying and fasting for you for two weeks. My mom didn't eat food for two weeks, um, asking the Lord for me to get clean and sober and to surrender to Christ. Um, now, nothing necessarily awesome. happened. 
on that day other than that I came to her house, right? Yeah. Um, which it happened to be Good Friday. Of two, in 2016, it was Good Friday. Um, but my dad, my parents weren't together, but my dad heard that I was in town. The Jordan Easter is Sunday. Uh, would you come to church with me? And I did not want to go, you know. Um, uh, but he said, it's also going to be my birthday. Sunday's my birthday, too. And I didn't have any gifts to give him. So I said, okay, I'll go to church with you. I guess that would be my gift to my dad. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that I did, man, because there was an altar call where the pastor said, look, if there's anybody who needs to give their heart to Christ or surrender to Christ or rededicate your heart to Christ, come to this altar. And it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Like I couldn't stop myself from getting up out of my seat and running down to that altar. And I completely surrendered 100% everything that day. That's I awesome. said, I'm done. I said, I'm done. Stick a fork for me. I'm done. I'm all yours forever. Um, no more. I said, even if it kills me, I'm going to follow you because I just can't do this on my own. Yeah. I can't. So I surrendered to God, man. And I never used drugs again since that day. Uh, I never That's took awesome. another drink. Uh, I've been a totally new person. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. God's still sovereign, right? Like yeah. the drugs still had to come out of me. I still was super sick for a couple of weeks. Um, and I still went to a drug rehab. Um, we found, I, so I, I came up from that altar, a saved man, a new person with a new heart. Um, I went back to my mom's house after that, that church service, you know, and, um, we found a place a couple hours away in the middle of nowhere. It's a Christ centered residential long-term program called Isaiah house. Uh, I went to their program and this place was very hard <laughs> like yeah. we were up at 7 a.m doing laps around the building i i worked my butt off in their program uh, but i was committed right i said god i'm all yours and um i, I graduated their program uh, and i started working for them the ceo heard me uh give a speech one day i, I had always been good with words right with like you know just public speaking it's just yeah. never been a problem for me um and writing short stories, essays, I've, I've just always been good with it. It's just a blessing. And I, they asked me to give a speech at a graduation. I did. And the CEO was in attendance, and he told me that I was going to go to public relations. And uh, that, that's where I found my niche, man. Like, I love public relations. I, yeah. I love people. I, I like marketing. Um, I love Jesus, and I'm not afraid to share my story. Yeah. So I was in that position for that's a awesome. couple of years. Um, during that time, I met my wife, Kaylee. She, um, she's actually got a master's degree in marketing, so um, <laughs> awesome. she really helped me out with my career for sure. Um, and uh, she loves the Lord, loves me. And uh, then uh, a position came open as the public relations manager for the Isaiah House, and I, I got the position. Uh, my wife and I had a son named Knox back in 2019. Um, and after about a year into the position, that's an awesome name, uh, public, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, about a year into that position of the public relations manager for the Isaiah House, uh, my wife and I started feeling the stir in our spirit, like God was calling us to another ministry, and we didn't know what that looked like, but uh, we wanted to to seek to seek out what that was, seek God in that. So we went into prayer, and um, I had someone approach me about um, being their youth pastor, yeah. um, but that was that wasn't the right fit. Um, 
somebody uh, talked to me about being their PR manager for their recovery program, and that, that wasn't it. And so I asked God specifically, I said, God, what about friends of sinners? You know, because like in my heart, I had this unfinished business, right? Like, yeah, they kicked me out those years ago, and I want to show them who I am. Because I stayed in touch with some of them. I stayed in touch with the executive director. Um, he actually had me come and speak at one of their uh, banquets, and I had him come and speak at an Isaiah House graduation. Like, we stayed in touch, and uh, I asked God, and I felt God's reply was not yet. And I did not know what that meant, but I wanted to be obedient to God. So, um, so I waited and my wife and I went back into prayer on it. So we prayed for another month. And after another month of prayer, I asked God, I said, God, can I call the executive director from the center? And I felt God give me the permission. So I called the executive director of Friends of Sinners, um, thinking like, yeah, right. This is a pipe dream, not a chance. And, uh, he answered the phone and I said, his name is Joe. I said, Joe, hypothetically speaking, the friends of spinners use a marketing department. And he said, Jordan, I just got out of a board meeting three days ago where I expressed how badly we need a marketing department. <laughs> God's and, so good. And, yeah, man, that's what it was. Uh, it was God's perfect timing, man, lining it out. Because when he brought that to his board of directors, he didn't have me in mind. He just told them that we need an outside professional yeah. to come in here and be um, – be our director of marketing, our development director. So um, when I called him, he knew that I was this guy. And it took three interviews, about 15 hours of drive time, and I had to preach one night. But I was hired in as the Friends of Center's development director, and I've been with them now for two years That's as awesome. uh, their development director. And it's so cool because I was probably the worst client they'd ever had. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like I, I, I was using drugs. I was, you know, sneaking out of the of the facility um, but that just shows you what god can do he can change a person yeah right like i went from being this horrible client to a, a man on fire for the kingdom yeah. and a professional at what i do in my career um so i've been with them for two years man uh uh six months ago my wife and i get uh had our daughter uh awesome. named lemon we named her lemon like the fruit uh that's awesome yeah um and uh, my actually, my pastor got a word from the Lord. He said, uh, he said that uh, she God God named her lemon that she was supposed to be named after a fruit uh, because of the fruits of the spirit that would overflow from her. So yeah, that was really exciting. That's awesome. Um, but uh, my wife and I, uh, I don't know. I would say a little about almost a year ago, um, uh, my pastor wanted to have a meeting with me. And uh, he told me that God told him that I was his youth director for his church. Yeah. So my wife and I went into prayer over that and shortly after accepted the position as youth director for our church. So, so cool. So now, yeah, um, I'm the development director for Friends of Sinners and I'm the youth director for my church. That's so uh, cool. I've got two kids and a wife, all three who have never me drunk or high and will never see me drunk or high yeah um family's proud of me and uh, i actually just finished writing my book that's so awesome yeah does that um, come out well it's all done it's edited um and i think i'm actually going to self-publish so um i would say here in a couple of months um it'll it'll be it'll be published 
Yeah. I, I really think that it'll be published uh, here in a couple of months, I would say. That's awesome. Yeah, but the title is Jesus Greater Than Drugs. Um, and it's, it's just my testimony, man. It's the yeah. long version of my testimony. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when you, as you were going through all your stuff, you kept going back to to jail. And what was mm-hmm. jail like for you? Was that just, like, more of a beat down, Or was it more like you'd have moments of, like, I need to get this right? Like, how is that part for you? I would say there's a little bit of both with yeah. that. Like, jail, jail is awful, right? Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what jail you go to who you are, where you're from, jail, jail sucks, man. You know, it, it, the, the food's bad. The people are angry. The the officers don't typically seem to give a crap, you know. Yeah. Um, so jail is, is whack, man. And um, um, I did try to pursue the Lord in there, but I wasn't sold out, right? Like I read my Bible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I met some people in there that were, you know, that I'm, read the Bible with and prayed with, but, um, it was, it was more of, um, a beat down than it was like an eye opener, right? Yeah. Like when you're in jail, man, like, um, it's it, every, every day is a fight in one way or another, whether you're fighting physically or you're fighting anxiety or you're fighting, you know, depression, yeah. jail is, it's just so, so whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Straight, straight up. <laughs> And so you, you are this far and then you started, how did you, so like, just so you kind of have a little insight for us, I thought I saw TikTok the first time and I felt led to go to it. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, it's just a bunch of schmutz. There's a bunch of like yeah. girls dancing, pretty yeah. nasty dances. This is just going to cause me more issues <laughs> than anything right. else. So yeah. I left yeah. it and then. Uh, I felt one day the Holy Spirit like, hey, get back on with it. I'm like, um, I don't know. I don't know. And so I was like, yeah. I guess I will. So I get on, and then I, like, I ran into a Christian TikToker, and I was like, oh. So I heard it, and then all of a sudden, more Christian TikTokers, and I go, what is this? I'm like, there's a whole Christian TikTok to this. And so, I like, it was really cool because – we started the podcast when the pandemic hit and our job got even harder and even worse than it was. Yeah. And yeah. me and George were like, Hey, we're having to be therapists, teachers and all this to 10 teenage girls. Uh, why not add a podcast to this and just make us super busy? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so then we did that. And, but like God led us to this app, which led us to all the guests, which also led us to a guest like you, which is kind of cool because if TikTok wasn't there, cause some people are like, Oh, it's trash. But I'm like, there is a lot of trash on there, but if we're not the light on there, then nobody's ever going to see Jesus. And so, yeah. um, your TikTok, I loved your TikTok, and like the, probably the one that I feel I, I, you could correct me if I'm wrong, if there's other ones that blew up probably also, but the one that blew up was you in the jail cell saying oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's, that, I can't remember what you said. You can say what you said. Cause I can't remember, but, yeah yeah so uh i did a green screen right yeah of a picture of a jail cell of an accurate picture of a jail cell like yeah you know um and i kicked my feet up so i'm just chilling you know and there's a trending song that i use you know uh basically it's my just chilling singing 
But I put the caption uh, that said, when Christianity becomes illegal. Yep. And it blew up. Yeah, man, it hit like a, a million views. Um, and I, I didn't think too much about it when I made it. I yeah. just thought, you know, when when it happened, I'm yeah. down. Yeah. I'm down. Like, I, <laughs> I love Jesus, of course. I would go back to jail for something like this, right? Yeah. Like, I went to jail for worse, you know? But yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I did that. And dude, it, yeah, it blew up. There were over 20,000 comments of angry people that were angry at Christians. Yeah. Um, and it was like, uh, it's just like, it was, what it was, it was pure ignorance, right? It was, it was pure ignorance. So many people who were hurt by Christianity or quote unquote Christianity, hurt by people who claim to be Christians or, or, from lessons that they had heard, history lessons they had heard that people had done these horrible things in the name of religion. And so um, after, I don't know, a month, I decided to to make a clapback video, you know, where I just said, look, I made this video and it went viral. Yeah. Um, I said, there are so many people angry at Christians claiming that all Christians have ever done is oppress people. Um, So, you know, why are white Christians wanting to be oppressed so bad? So I said, I'm going to make two points. First thing is you got to know what a real Christian is. Yeah. A real Christian is not, not ever going to do anything evil in the name of their religion, right? Yeah. We, being a real Christian is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, okay? That means your neighbor who doesn't look like you, you know, period. Like, just we're going to love your neighbor. We're never going to bully you or discriminate against you, regardless of yeah. anything. I said, but don't get me wrong. Real Christians will call sin a sin if the Bible calls it a sin. Yeah. Okay. And that is not bullying or harassing or hate speech. That yeah. is staying true to the Word of God. Yeah. And the second thing I said, if you think that Christianity will one day uh, will won't ever be illegal, then you are delusional yeah. because it is coming. Um, you know, and so there were several things that I went on to say about how, you know, just right now they're suppressing Christian yeah. content. I mean, look, I just got banned yeah. right at nine hundred thousand followers. Just got banned. What they ban for, you for? Did they say? Um, they said that I was banned, permanently banned for multiple community guideline violations, yeah. right? So what that looks like is, um, I probably have had 40 videos. I've been on TikTok for a year and a half. Um, and out of that year and a half, I probably had 40 videos get taken down, uh, by TikTok saying, that this was hate speech, this was violent content, this was harassment, bullying, this was false information. But out of those 40 videos that were taken down, I appealed every single one of them, and they probably brought back 30 of them. Yeah. Okay? So it was as if they had all these strikes against me, uh, and even when they when I appealed the video and they restored it, they, they kept the strike against me. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So, and then finally they said, okay, you've got all these strikes against you. You're gone for good. Yeah. Even though that's, uh, it's just really, I guess it's just a mistake up in their um, algorithm or technology or whatever it is, because, uh, because I should not have those new strikes against me. But you yeah. know what, man? I uh, I am an optimistic person, and yeah. I trust God. Um, so I believe that this is a good chance for me to kick back and, uh, you know, just allow God to do what he does, man. It, yeah. There are still people that love the Lord that are on that platform that are going to make videos similar to mine, and the gospel's still going to be preached. And yeah. The tomb's still going to be empty. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And, and like, I think what I, I appreciate it was that like there was Christians on there who were saying things like, um, like, uh, are you, are you kidding me? Like in China, that's a perfect example that I always go to is it's Christianity super suppressed there. Like uh, churches that are legal churches, they have to go through the government and it's like, it's almost like God's not dead too. almost where they're like, Hey, you have to turn in your sermon. We read it, scratch out things we don't like, hand it back to you. And that's what you're preaching. And so, and, or you're underground and the underground church gets persecuted and killed in China. Mm -hmm. Like, and Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you know who Francis Chan is, but that's what he's doing. There is he's doing ministry there. And I don't know, like, it's crazy to me because I'm like, he's doing ministry but I don't know how he's doing it or what he's doing. Cause he talks about everything we talk about. Like he talks about the whole gospel, not just some of it. So I'm like, I don't know what he must be underground somewhere. And right. so, um, but like what's cool about it is you see that, but then you can go to Pakistan. Christians are killed there all the time. Go to mm-hmm. Iran, Iraq and stuff. They're, they're still getting persecuted and killed there by like the Taliban yeah. and stuff. And you're like, you can't tell everyone just because in America we're good. And well, because you can even go to Canada and they're burning down churches and you're like, there's mm-hmm. something to be said about that. When even the government, there's like, ah, it's fine that they burned down 12 churches. I know yeah. there's a debate on like, Oh, it's Catholic churches or whatever, but still it's still churches that are being burned mm-hmm. down. And to be honest, you don't know if a Catholic church is giving the full gospel and not, praying to Mary. And so I'm like, I don't know what those guys taught. And so maybe it's a time for them to recover and read their Bible and recoup too for them. But definitely I appreciated you making it. Cause I was like, I think a few guys that I know joined in, in the video. And then you did another video where you like, what was it? I can't remember, but like everybody kept duetting you when somebody said something and you threw on glasses and walked out. Uh, oh yeah, I, I can't remember yeah. that one. What was that one again? Uh, so I did two like that. Um, somebody commented, you know. So I did a video reply to somebody's comment. And they said, and I think the person was making fun of me, but they said, "Dude, did you hear that Christianity is going to become illegal?" And uh, I said, "We do not care," and I put my glasses on and walked away. But the other one, I did a video reply to where somebody said your God died naked on a stick. And yeah. so I, I slapped their comment away and put my own uh, words up there that, that said, um, then, then he conquered the grave in victory. And so the way the song went and the beat went, it was just like a really good flow. And uh, people really loved that one. 
Yeah, it it was, it was definitely what like like the other one is my favorite. Like I didn't see all your videos, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna look at them, and then they're gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, he got. And then, uh, what is it? Gospel Revolution is the one that made Revolution it. Revival. Revo- Revolution Revival, and he's been on the podcast. And so when I saw him, I was like, wait a minute, he got banned. And I mean, like, I think you're among. A, a big group of guys who have been banned. So I'm like, I'm hopeful that you'll, you'll get it back because I mean like pointless Thorns was banned for like three months. Like is something crazy. And like really? he even appealed it and they still were like, Nope, you're, you're or like he would win his appeal and then they'd be like, Oh, you're banned for another three months. And he's like, what the heck? I didn't even make a new video yet. And so oh, uh, it's definitely one of those things where I think somebody's intentionally, doing what they're doing uh, at TikTok, And I mean, you can have that devil worshiper guy say everything under the sun and none of his crap gets taken down or I know. So, somebody saying, Hey, these are my pronouns and I want everybody to respect that. And even if they're talking trash about other religions and everything, and they're like, well, that's fine. Or the craziest one I saw is a, a girl saying she's a guy completely topless. And I'm like, how is that not nudity? Like, I was oh like, my God. I was yeah. like, and like tons of people were like doing the thing. And they're like, uh, TikTok doesn't see any problem with this. I'm like, then TikTok be blind. <laughs> like that's how, yeah. how TikTok's TikTok is. And so yeah, it man. definitely is one of those things. So I, I definitely appreciate it. And, uh, we, we definitely promote your book whenever it comes out. But, um, cool, thanks, man. But yeah, um, other than that, like, is there anything else you would want to say before we kind of head off the the podcast? Well, you know, um, if you're struggling or you know someone that's struggling with addiction, I just want to encourage you. I was the worst of the worst. I was addicted to probably five different substances at one time. Uh, I was a needle user, a drug dealer, and um, I was ready to die, but then I had this encounter with Christ, this real authentic counter with a graceful, merciful, compassionate savior who just rocked my world. And I've never been the same. So if you want freedom or your family needs freedom, it will only be found in Christ. That's it. That's awesome. And something I didn't tell you, and I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast, but we always have our guests pray us out of the podcast. So if you want to cool. praying us out. Yeah. Lord God, we love you. And we thank you so much for the lamb, God, for the savior of the world, God, that, you know, you did it for us, God, that we don't have to earn it. God, we could never deserve it. It was just you. And I pray, Lord, that whoever's listening to this, God, fills your Holy Spirit, God, and just gets blown away by you, God, and your grace. I pray for anyone who needs healing, who needs freedom, God, that they find it in you. We love you, Lord. Bless this ministry and all who hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.